Welcome back to the Francisca Show. This is the next episode, and we have Judith Gersey here. Hi, Judith. Hello. Hi. Um, a disclaimer here we tried to record this uh, two weeks ago, and then it didn't record after 40 minutes of an awesome show. And then we tried to reschedule, and every time something else happened. So it is a miracle that we're back here. <laughs> and we'll try to replicate and make this even a better episode. So let me just introduce everyone and tell them a little bit more about who you are and your background. So Judith Gersey made Aliyah in 2004 from England with her husband, Rabbi Joshua Gersey, and their three-year-old daughter. I'll skip a bunch because, <laughs> because um, Annie just read the exact same bio on the Spotlight on Women radio, which is an awesome show, and everyone should listen to it. Okay, so Judith grew up religious and very shy, and she never thought she would be a soul jazz singer, songwriter. And mm-hmm. she has this amazing, incredible voice that is a soul jazz voice, someone people compare to Adele and Mariah Carey. And she's a mother of five now. And she has released her first album called Awakening, and is on tour now with this album. So this is truly amazing. And just one more cute thing that because of low budgets, this awesome album was recorded in six hours, which made it a virtually live performance. So that's a cool fun fact. And uh, okay, so let's get started here. It's so exciting to have you back on the show. And okay, so I wanted to know more about what your childhood life was like. And um, was music a part of your childhood? What was your training? And so on. Let's start with there. Okay, so um, hi everyone. (laughs) So good question. Um, I think that I didn't really realize how passionate I was. I think it was, I was so shy growing up that I even hid my own love for it to myself in a way. Um, And as the years progressed, when I actually started to get known, once I made Dalia, my best friend who happens to be my cousin said to me, you know, Judith, this you know that and I said well what makes you see that and she said to me well you know when we were little we used to play with dolls and we used to play till like five o'clock in the morning I'm not kidding until my mum would come after us it was terrifying (laughs) um and um and she said but it was always the same scenario it was we'd play with you know the doll was this very shy quiet girl until one day she decides to get up on stage and sing and she changes the world through her music and you know, and she realizes how much she loves it and becomes well known. And and she said, Judith, that was you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so strange. I I didn't even realize how how passionate I was about it. It was kind of because I was so shy. I just hid it from myself because I was so afraid to do it. Uh, so, yeah, so I grew up. Um, I say that I never sang. I mean, my family are all very musical. Um, I'm one of also five five uh, children, and I'm the second youngest. So I was. We all would sing around the Shabbos table, um, but I was quite. I was quiet. I was the quiet soprano, uh, all doing harmonies, and 
Um, what was interesting was that when I finally did start to sing, um, when I came to Israel, I was 24 already, and I was actually in a competition for women. Um, and my sister, one of my sisters came and one of the judges said to my sister, how do you feel? You must be so proud of your sister. She's one of the winners. And my sister was like, I had no idea. <laughs> she didn't even know how much I loved it. So it That's was an interesting incredible. thing. Um, yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I know that you, you mentioned that, well, not this time around, but that you didn't grow up knowing what Kalisha was. So oh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit okay. about how you got introduced to this concept? Yeah, it's an it's a it's a weird thing actually because see I grew up religious. Um, my mom uh, was for many years the head of Beis Yaakov English um, for high school, and my father owns a kosher food factory um, in London. And um, you know my you know so you wouldn't think that someone in that situation wouldn't know Kol Isha, but. Um, because I was very passionate about my Yiddish kite, and I always was, and my friends in primary school, um, they were not religious, but I was. So they were all going to this high school that my parents would not necessarily have sent me to. But because they were my friends and they knew I was passionate, I went to a co-ed school that is Jewish, but it wasn't particularly religious. So even though you know, we were religious, we were the frummers compared to everyone else, uh, there were some concepts I hadn't heard of. And what happened was, it didn't really matter because I was so shy. And then one day, I was actually very young when I met my future husband. Um, I actually didn't know at the time that I was the first girl that he spoke to, because uh, he went to a boys school, he actually went to the same school my brothers went to. Um, and um I told him I finally plucked up the courage finally to sing in a band. And I was like, it was just so it was a huge breakthrough for me. And I was very nervous to even tell him about it because I kind of didn't want him to come because, you know, uh, you know, probably Francisca, when you're a singer or an artist or something, it's kind of like it's giving a part of your soul away in a way. It's very intimate. And I was very nervous to share something like that. You know, it was, it's a difficult thing to share. And I told him about it and he said, that's amazing, but I'm so sorry. I can't come because of Kol Isha. And I said, Kol, what now? <laughs> and he told me what it was. And uh, in a, about five seconds, A, it all made sense to me, but also my whole dream just shattered in two minutes because, of course, I'm a religious girl who believes in keeping you know, things that are important to me. And it totally made sense, but my heart was broken. So um, I didn't think that that would be something I'd be able to do. I mean, certainly when I was growing up, once I knew what Kolish I was, there wasn't such an outlet for girls, for women. Um, not, not until I moved to Israel and it's been a slow progression. And it's, you know, we were talking about it last time, Francisca, it's a slow progression, but I see a huge change within the past year itself for women artists. So it's very exciting. But um, yeah, so I, growing up, it was very limited for me. <laughs> wow. So how long was the period of time that you didn't sing? In your okay, so... 
Yeah. So my husband's actually a musician as well. I mean, I met him and he was playing uh, in a band with his Rav. Um, so he plays like 15 instruments. So you have to understand I was, you know, not only were my family growing up very musical, like my brother's a chazan, my sister's one's a singer, my mom's an opera singer, like it's all in the family. My grandfather was a chazan. Um, and then it just all stopped. And then, of course, my husband and his friends, would I would hear music. And as much as I love to listen, I will be honest, I sometimes was just, it was just, it was painful. Like it's this like this painful void you have. And, um, so wait, what was the question? When did it, how long did it last? So I, what happened was, um, it was kind of a process of, I decided from always wanting to want to make Aliyah (laughs) and I didn't want to, I felt guilty about it. Um, three of my siblings had already made Aliyah, my three eldest siblings and my husband's father's actually Israeli. And um, my husband always wants to make Aliyah. And one day I was driving back from work as a teacher. I was a Gunanet, um, nursery teacher for the Anglos um, in Beis Yaakov. And I was driving home and I just felt this intense, intense emptiness. Um, I was having some um, medical issues on top of that. And I just had this feeling that I knew I would feel closer to Hashem in Israel. And I went home and I said to my husband, we need to move to Israel. I just need to do it. And he went, what? (laughs) So we kind of, within five months, he trusted me and we moved to Israel. And when I told my, yeah, when I told my Rebetzin cousin, um, you know, that we were moving, she said to me, Judith, you are doing something that's very difficult. Like the, really the only difficulty was leaving my parents and my baby brother. He's not a baby anymore. He's about to turn 30, but, um, you know, he's always going to be a baby to me, but leaving them was very difficult. But she said to me, Judith, you're doing something very difficult and Hashem is going to answer your prayers. And within the year of making Aliyah, my two dreams were, I already had one beautiful daughter, but there was a very big gap between the first two. And I, Baruch Hashem became pregnant with my second one. And my other dream, which I never thought would be a possibility, was I started to sing. I was actually, the first time I got on stage was this open women's event in Bet Shemesh, which is where I lived. Um, And I was beyond terrified. I'm sure you could hear my heart beating in my throat. (laughs) Um, And actually, only that just stopped recently. Um, I still, um, I'm now nervous that I'm not nervous anymore, you know? (laughs) Well, um, I still get that tingling thing. Maybe I'm not performing enough. (laughs) Say that again. You still get nervous. I still get nervous every time, yeah. I I just get nervous in a different way now, but it used to affect my vocals even. Like you could literally hear (laughs) in my, in my, you could hear my heart beating. It was like practically out of my mouth, you know? But um, so I sang in this big audience. I was petrified. Um, But from that one performance, Baruch Hashem, people, I don't know, somehow assumed that I was a professional singer and I started getting jobs from it. (laughs) So it was actually, in a way, it was amazing bracha. But on the other hand, I had to go from being totally new to singing to being assumed that I was a professional and I had to suddenly out of nowhere be professional. So that was that was quite a difficult thing to do, actually. But I think it was a blessing as well in disguise. Um, yeah, so that was, I was 24 when wow. I first started to sing. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. So what would you say <laughs> the last year has 
has done for you? What has happened for you in the last year? So uh, it seems for me in my life, I, I don't know why, but things seem to happen every 10 years to me or every five years. It's always like an interesting five, 10 year thing, which I've noticed. Um, uh, but this year, somehow, I mean, through meeting incredible people, I mean, you mentioned Annie, first of all, who's amazing, Annie Arenstein and um, Kerry Barcohen, who's started this uh, Facebook called Isha page um, and other people as well. Like I've started getting proper Kavua, like regular jobs. Um, it used to be people assumed that I was you know, getting jobs all the time. And I was still so nervous because I was singing maybe once a year, but people didn't know that because of course, um, I wasn't getting out there. Like, thank God I, I have Baruch Hashem, five children. I also own a salon business and I'm a Rebetzin of a Kehillah. Mm. <laughs> and now on top of that, I've also, we've opened the uh, Ramat Bet Shemesh um, dance and we've opened the music academy side. So I'm also doing that. So there's so many things going on, but, um, Oh, I've lost my trail of thought. What was I saying? Um, Telling us what's been happening for you in the past year. So all the women who've been creating. So, yeah. So all of a sudden I've just started being getting calls to please God, I'm going to perform in Florida. Um, I've got lots of people asking me now. I've got like Baruch Hashem, like four or five concerts lined up in the next two weeks, which is crazy. Oh my crazy. gosh, that's amazing. It's I'm so happy incredible. for you. This is amazing. <laughs> this is what we want to hear. <laughs> yeah, Baruch Hashem. You know, it's so funny. I had a meeting with this amazing woman who is a performer too, and she was saying to me how I have to get out there. My Hebrew, it's very embarrassing because I've been here for 13 years, but my Hebrew is pathetic I mean I've got a great accent and I'm good at accents all round (laughs) but that can get me into trouble because I can tell someone with a perfect Hebrew that I don't speak Hebrew but then that's as far as I can go and they'll say and I'll be like yeah I don't know anything more than that (laughs) so she's telling me Judith you know you have to get out there and, and do Israeli performances too because if you don't you'll only get like two performances a week and I said that to me, listen, I'm a mother of Baruch Hashem. I've got my eldest is 16, but my youngest is three. So I said to her, listen, Smadar, you know, Smadar, um, she's amazing. Um, I said, that's for me, that's great right now. I don't want more than one a week, to be honest, like it's a bracha, but you know, my family come first. So right now, one, two shows a week is more than enough. So Hashem is really blessing me. And it's, you know, getting that um, balance of what I can and cannot do. So uh, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> That's incredible. So, okay, so could we just go a little deeper into what you can, what you can do? So now you get to choose and pick a little bit of the gigs you're doing. So clearly you're, you're um, taking out, weaving out the Israeli speaking audiences. To stay well, English. I wouldn't say no. I'm I'm not weaving out. I mean, I'm actually performing on the 17th for um for an Israeli crowd. So listen, music, as you know, music speaks to everyone. It's one language, right? That is one imp- amazing thing. Like music is achdut. It brings everyone together. The only thing you need to do is explain a little bit at the beginning, and then you know the tempo, the if it's a ballad or a fast. You know what it's saying anyway. So I don't agree that you have to speak 
the language. In fact, <laughs> one of my biggest things right now is I've been offered, Leanne, I'm doing a performance um, next in a week and a half for um, a group of women. It's This is one of my biggest ones. I'm actually pretty nervous about it, to be honest, but it's 400 women and 100 of them are Russian speaking. Oh my God. So that's going to be so that's going to be interesting I'm going to have to learn some Russian really fast but again I think that music speaks to speaks every language but at the same time yes I mean I, I write my own music and you know if you really want to explain every lyric then either what I'm doing right now is I'm making um like I mean your, your music videos Francisca are incredible they're well, incredible. Um, what I'm doing are like much more simple for the backdrops of my performances um, so that, you know, I can have the lyrics. Bezrat Hashem at the moment I don't have in Hebrew, but what I'm trying to do is put them in Hebrew for the Israeli crowd and then English for the English crowd so that you can really connect better. Yeah, that's, so that's how I'm going to try and close the gap. That's a super cool idea. I've I've definitely used that in the past and they're super effective and people... Yeah. And people love it because they get to look at the words while you're singing. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a great idea. So you're not saying no to opportunities. You're just taking one, <laughs> two a week, basically. That's amazing. Well, look, I'm I, just fascinated. <laughs> I need to I mean, move to I'm Israel. English, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm English, so I find it hard to say no to anything. <laughs> that's the truth. Um, but you know, when it's been so many years of, I mean, this has been what, 13 years now of me trying or 10 years, however long it is of me trying desperately to do my dream and to sing. Um, so when it's been years and years of nothing and not nothing, nothing, but very little. And then suddenly, look, it might change tomorrow. I may, it might suddenly fizzle down. I don't know what's going to happen, but at the moment, everything's all at once, um, so it is hard for me to say no. Um, I probably should have said no to a couple of things. But um, at the moment, I did turn down a couple this month. But, um, yeah, you have to – what I gauge it on is my family. Um, you know, how are my family going to take this? And do I have the koach? Like, is it enough spacing in between? So, like, I'm doing a concert, Bezrat Hashem, on the 1st. And then the third, the seventh wow. and the 17th, uh, the 11th and the 17th, which is crazy. Like that <laughs> used to be um, like three years worth of concerts for me. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. that would have been the span of three years. Sure. So, yeah. So like two of them, two, three of them I'm doing as a, you know, because uh, it's for a school, my daughter's school, you know, another one because um, actually uh, I got some help with one of my CDs. Um, Dafka, the reason, you know, you mentioned it right at the beginning that I um, I did the, the, the CD is not done in six hours. The music backing was done over four and a half years. The, the vocals were done in six hours. So you get a bit of both. You get the live voice, but the music took a long, long time. I had a baby in between that, Baruch Hashem, and different things going on. So um, so the that. person who offered me six hours in his recording studio because he wanted to help me get out there. So now I'm performing uh, a show for him as a thank you. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, you know, you pick um, according to what you think is right, really. That's where I'm going on. Wow. So you're really juggling a ton of things right now. 
So can we, can you tell me a little bit more about the side business you're also involved with? Because I want to hear more my, about that. I like to hear about the non-musical things. Incredible oh, sure. Artists my like you do. Um, sure. Is it a, sal a salon? Yeah. Salon? Yes. Yeah, sure. There's a couple. I mean, I would say, I mean, my, <laughs> the thing before that would be my, my kehila, my shawl. Uh, but I'll tell you quickly about the salon. I know you say salon. I say salon. You think I mean lounge, don't you? Dining room. So <laughs> salon as in shaitals, wigs, shaitals. Uh, so yeah, that is crazy because it started off. I mean, uh, when I, when I, growing up, I actually studied art, like fine art, photography, millinery, um, painting, all that stuff, sculpture. I love that. So that's what I studied in university. Um, and, um, you know, I did hair cutting and stuff. And what happened was actually someone picked up a wig from me in England uh, from like a secondhand place. And it was just not for me at all. And they don't take returns. So I brought it to Israel and realized there was nothing in my area in Ramat Bet Shemesh. So I had this wig in a bag and then thought, oh, there's nothing here. So my sister gave me some old wigs of hers. And I ended up with two massive bags of wigs and had people coming and trying them on and selling them. And the money would go towards our shawl. Um, and then a friend of mine who was teaching Sem girls washes and stuff like that, how to do wigs, she said, give them to me, I'll wash them for you. And I said, yeah, but like, they're just going to go back into the bag. And I suddenly realized that, I mean, my shawl is actually, we built it underneath our garden. So it's, it's under my house. And I suddenly realized there's a room down there. It's not a huge room, but a room that wasn't really being used for anything. So within two weeks, I'm the kind of person that can procrastinate but if I want to do something I do it fast so within two weeks I had shelves up I'd painted the room and I had a salon and it started off as a gamach and then someone offered to sell new wigs and now I have consignment which means I sell people's like pre-loved pre-owned wigs which are in excellent condition and I sell very high quality brand new ones but for amazing prices and I also have a gamach so like it just that kind of like God was kind of like, oh, you need some extra money. There you go. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> so, so amazing. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, a lot of fun. And, and check out the wigs there if you live around Ramat Beit Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got you covered the one stop wig shop. So you should check us out. <laughs> That's awesome. OK, so yeah. as I like to focus on the show a little bit about the music market. And what mm -hmm. you think from where you're standing, what you need, what you feel like needs to change or what you wish can happen, what are your dreams for yourself and how could you get there? So if you could share a little bit about the process and about your dreams. About <laughs> Good questions. Okay. I mean, those are two questions. One is what's my personal dream and what's my dream for us as women performers, right? That's a great way to put it, definitely. Right. For some okay. people, it's one and the same, but it's definitely two different right. questions. Yeah, so I would say, okay, so the first one for women performers, um, as a Kalal, I would say, I think it's time that we are the same, considered to be the same, and it's so funny because I would not consider myself a feminist. Like, my role as a mother and wife Thank God. I love doing that. I mean, I used to be a caterer, so I love cooking um, and I love my babies, my everything. My husband is my everything. So I'm very blessed that I love that role. I'm not saying everyone needs to do that, but I'm not 
you know, I'm not like women's rights. I should be, you know, whatever. I do believe in women's rights, but in a different way. So, but what I have noticed is that um, I'm not quite understanding why um, male performers are, you know, taken so much more seriously. Now, whether it be Parnassa wise, they're making a heck of a lot more than we are. Obviously, I understand that when a man is going to perform, of course, men and women can go, but there are usually a mechitza anyway, you know, so I don't think it makes that much of a difference because if you want to go with your husband, you can't really anyway, because usually there's a mechitza in between. So I think women should be taken seriously because, we work very differently. What I've noticed is I actually have no want to sing in front of men because like I said earlier, when I, when we sing, it's very raw and intimate. And I give over so many personal stories about my life. I mean, I'm not that old, but I've gone through a lot of different challenges and health issues in my, in my life. And I give that over as things that we can learn from and grow from. And, um, and I feel like, that is something that's really worth sharing, especially for women. You know, we've had a very closed unit that we, there's this like taboo of opening up to each other and talking about things that we go through. And I really feel that we're, we're reaching Moshiach times when things are more open and aware. So like, there's that change and I see it progressing and I do see that people are now offering to pay me to sing, but not always more times than not people assume that I should be a few hundred shackle or if that, and you know, I mean, I sang somewhere a while ago and bless her, you know, they'd paid the photographer and they'd paid this and that. And then they were asking to pay me by um, taking me shopping, you know, and I was just like, "Eh?" you know, like I, I got where they were coming from. Money's difficult, but you know what I'm saying? Like they, people have to start realizing that we, we, I really believe, you know, Francisca, when you sing, it inspires me and I would pay for that. I want to come and, 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 and grow from that and bring it. So I think it's so important for women's self growth and awareness. And actually that comes into the same question when you asked about uh, what my dreams are. So it's the same thing. My dreams are very much bringing an awareness to the world. Um, and that also fits in with my kahila, my shawl, because we are based on, my husband wrote a book called The Arbi Yasadat, and that is being financially, physically, emotionally, and spiritually healthy. Um, it's bringing wow. all those four things and, and living through those things. And that's how, when I perform and when I speak and sing, I write about that kind of thing. Um, so that my dream is just to bring Achtet with each other and having respect and self-growth and awareness, because I, for one, really know what it is to not believe in ourselves. Um, you know, for many years, I considered myself stupid, which is, you know, it, it, when, I, when you're three years old and you don't know how to spell your surname, which, by the way, is Magnaji, not easy, <laughs> a silent H there, um, and your teacher calls you stupid, you know, you believe it for a very long time. Um, and when I was 30 years old, interestingly enough, I hope I'm not over talking now. You can t- stop me whenever you want. Do you want to stop me? This is just so interesting. So let's finish up with the story. Yeah. And then I have one more question. Right. <laughs> so when I was 30, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. 
So when I was 30, I, um, I went to an optician and mentioned something about my vision. And in two seconds, she actually had told me that I had a problem with my eyes. And that's why I didn't know how to read till I was eight or nine. Oh, wow. And I was 30 years old. Yeah, I was 30 years old when she told me that. And my whole self, um, the way I perceive myself shattered in two minutes. I mean, that was the year I was studying energy work. I do that as well. And I was also studying NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. It's a type of psychology therapy. And within that week, my whole self-perception had changed and it just made me be able to do anything. So that's what I feel. I think people limit themselves so much. Yes, you I will stop that. You are so incredible. You're involved with so many different things that I that are just <laughs> incredible. I wish we could delve into all of that also. But we're coming, <laughs> we're nearing the end of our episode. And I wanted to close off with that you are a Rebbitson as much as you're a singer. Obviously, you're a mom and a wife. But your, your two careers that are mm. in a way so aligned with each other because you do a lot of the inspiration and a lot of the role modeling with both sides, what would you say mm. to someone who has the talent, who has the passion to pursue this, but perhaps doesn't have the support system? What kind of advice would you give as a Rebison um, and entertainer? Wait, oh, you're not saying that I don't have the support, though. You're saying, what would I say to someone who didn't yeah, have it? Yeah, because you stand in a role of a Rebison, which means people come to ah. you for, for guidance and advice. So I'm asking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. What I would say is this. I would say if there's something you're passionate about in life, um, there's a reason for it. You know, you don't want to go, you don't want to go, um, in 120, I like to say 180 because, you know, everything goes up in price. So 180 (laughs) years, you go up to Shemayim and you don't want Hashem to say, listen, I gave you this and this and you didn't use it. So I believe if Hashem's given you something, then it's for a reason. And, you know, of course you have to work around your family and make sure it works with everybody. But I think if there's that saying, if there's a will, there's a way, I a thousand percent believe it. And I think that the truth is that we limit ourselves a lot of the time. Like for myself, if I'm honest, you know, maybe the reason it took me uh, 10, 13 years to get to this point, okay, maybe it wasn't supposed to happen till now, but also I could have pushed it more. You know, I should have believed in myself more and put myself out there more. So just go for it, people. If you want to do something, if you're passionate, just do it. Find a way to make it work because it will. It can. Amazing. I treasure your words and I hope the people out there listening to this will also hear all the wisdom you have to share. <laughs> uh, so if you haven't listened to Judith Gerzi, you definitely have to check her out. Her voice just brings chills to me and I think to everyone else who listens to her. And it's just a talent <laughs> <laughs> that you can't argue is talent and a gift oh. you're also a truly oh, amazing person so the full package if oh. you haven't heard I'll her pay you gotta check it out and um <laughs> i really wish you lots of success and hatzlacha with with your career and i really think you're pushing and you're creating and you're doing a lot for for our category for the women out there so keep oh, doing what you're doing you. thank you so much for being on our show 
Thank you, Francis. Thanks so much. Thank you. Guys, if you want to check out my CD, you can get it via CD Baby, Judith Gersey. Um, but thank you so much, Francisca, for this. And I totally think the same about you. You're a total inspiration. And uh, also, you should just keep going. Thank you so much. And this was our episode with the famous one and only Judith Dursey. To get her music, go to judithdursey.com. It's also available on CD Baby. So hurry up and buy your album today. And see you next time on our next episode on The Francisca Show.